Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Actor Denai Guerrera starred in Black Panther and The Walking Dead, and she's written award-winning plays about civil war and immigration. Actor playwright Heidi Schreck is best known for what the Constitution means to me. Now these two artists are combining their political activism with theater. On this edition of the Carlos Watson Show podcast, they talk about Act Out, Vote 2020, a Get Out and Vote special on YouTube. Denai and Heidi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Denai, where are you? Are you in L.A. still or are you elsewhere? I am still in L.A., yes. Yes, here I am. <laughs> okay, okay. And, and Heidi, are you in L.A. or are you elsewhere in the country? Uh, I'm in Gowanus in Brooklyn. Nice. And are you a, a native New Yorker or where, where's home for you originally? I grew up in a little town in Washington State, uh, but I've been here about 20 years. Okay. All right. So you are you are good in seven one eight all the way then. I am all the way. <laughs> and deny where when people ask you these days where you're from, what do you what do you say now? Uh, you I'm saying that knowing that you've been able to live in so many different places. When they ask you where you're from, what do you like? What do you instinctively say to them? Where I'm from, I, I I'll say generally I say Zimbabwe, but born in the Midwest. You know, I'll go through the whole spiel. And I'm like you know, I'm a New Yorker living in Los Angeles. I'll go through a little little spiel to get there. (laughs) Yeah, love that. I love that. I love that. So how did you guys start uh, Deny This Vote 2020? Like, was this one person's idea, multiple people's idea? How did it come about? It was really interesting um, in the sense that, you know, I think a lot of us are feeling like in in 2020, it's it's, it's quite a year and a lot's going on. And, um, you know, you you can feel a lot lot of frustration, a lot of helplessness. How do I help? How do I, you know... Uh, contribute at this moment and uh, as playwrights uh, you know we we, um, we see the institutions theaters are of course very much hard hit by uh, COVID and unable to function at all and and so there was just um, a desire that hit me one day to uh, connect with other playwrights and try to give voice to um, to the Americans we often don't hear from uh, you know our job as playwrights is really that to reflect 
society back to itself. And so we really thought like, you know, maybe I, I called Terrell McCraney, I called Jocelyn Bio, and I called, um, I called uh, 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 Lynn, Lynn Nottage. And I was like, you know, what, what do you guys think about just trying to give voice uh, to, to in, in, a, in a way that we can to just encourage folks to contribute our, that to like, you know, really saying, let's vote guys, let's make sure we vote this time. I mean, there's been a lot of, um, it's, it's a lot of uh, loss of, of, of voice when we see how little people have voted in the past. And, uh, you know, apparently um, there was at least 100 million eligible voters who did not vote in 2016. Uh, so, you know, it's just really kind of giving giving voice to voices and saying and just encouraging um, people to, to get out and vote and to give some uh, material also to um, to the theaters that we love and that have supported us and and that that needs support right now in 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 this time. And, and Heidi, why don't you describe what you guys are doing? Because I do think it's special. It's needed. Uh, clearly, people do care about voting this year. I think something like 50 million people have already voted. Uh, we may have a hundred million people who voted by election day already in terms of early voting. But but what is happening for those who are just tuning in? What is happening? What are you, Deny, and other playwrights coming together to do? Uh, we've come together, I, I think the uh, mission is twofold, which is to do everything we can to continue to get out the message that it's just, it's life or death uh, to vote in this election, which it is. Um, that statistic that I mentioned, I, I was also looking at some of the other materials uh, we've, been we've been working with and also learned that two thirds of eligible young people did not vote in 2018, even though that was like the most young people that had voted in a very long time. And so I think getting the message out, especially to young people that their vote matters uh, is a huge, is a huge uh, goal of this. Um, and uh, basically, I mean, I can let Denai speak more to the project, but the idea was like, since we're writers and stories are so important as ways of inspiring people to get out and, uh, and you know, make, make an important decision uh, to vote that will affect their lives, uh, we thought we would, we would write stories and bring stories to people that have to do with what it means to be a citizen and what it means to vote and, and why this election is so important. Did I, I feel like you probably have unusually good perspective on uh, the value of a vote, having uh, family from a different part of the world where uh, in Zimbabwe, uh, the sanctity of the vote has not always been there. Um, and so you probably can appreciate it on an even more uh, uh, visceral level, how important it, it is. Had you been involved in political efforts before or is this a meaningful new step uh, for you in terms of uh, organizing various playwrights to, to do Vote 2020? Uh, it was definitely something I've, I started to get more involved politically, I think, in 2008, uh, the way in, in, in any way I could. Um, <laughs> with, with your sister, Carolyn, uh, I was very involved in, in whatever, way, whatever way we could. We were handing out pamphlets. We were, you know, we were doing phone banks. Like, so, I, you know, from, from that to to uh, a much, I was much more deeply involved in 2016. I traveled to a lot of states and 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 really um, was trying to get out the vote effort at that during that time and and met a lot of young people who were choosing not to vote and that was um you know it was it was it was a hard thing to hear that and to hear people make that decision knowing you know exactly what you said you know I'm I I, was, I come from a country I was born 
two years before uh, Zimbabweans, all Zimbabweans were able to vote after colonial rule uh, toppled in, 2000, in, in 1980. And so literally, I, um, my parents were only able to vote really in their 40s in, in the country of my origin where I then grew up. And so it is something that um, is, 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 is close to me in that regard that I know how hard fought it is. Uh, my parents grew up in a nation they could not vote in and their, their, their parents could not vote in. And so, and of course, here in the United States, you know, we are a hundred years uh, this year from the 19th Amendment, where women gained the right to vote, and then even then even more of a fight further along in the civil rights movement for you know black women uh, to be able to vote and and men in, in various parts of this nation. So, you know, it is it's not um, it's not something we can take lightly. You know, um, we just had the passing of John Lewis, and that to me was. Um, very hard, I'm sure, for all of us. Also, of course, of also of RBG, and, and it's 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 a very it's been a very hard year. Uh, we've lost a lot of our heroes, but what uh, what their service to a better tomorrow in this nation has definitely taught me, and I I hope I know it's taught many of us is that we must use our full effort and the gifts we've been given to uh, to contribute to our nation. Uh, and I, I'd be remiss not to mention um, Lynn Nottage and Stephen Daldry had had also been thinking about this from a whole other angle. And they really, um, so when I called her, she's like, let's just merge our ideas here because she was already deep thinking about how to help theaters. And, and theaters are a place where, where voices you often don't hear from um, are given a platform. And uh, and so we've, we've really lost that this year. And so as as playwrights, you know, we, we, we're allowing this um, th these, these works from, you know, such an astounding number of great playwrights um, that have agreed to join, to be a part of it, um, are they're, they're, what, what they've written and what they're contributing is going to be fully accessible to these theaters across the U.S. as who, uh, who are, you know, a part of, of really awesome communities and that was also the goal that this definitely shows we definitely have a, a, a plethora of representation in terms of the pieces that will be um shared um and in the next week and and so you know people can really be america can be heard you turn on the tv you, you hear a lot of voices but you don't always hear you don't necessarily hear the voices of folks folks from every corner of this nation so we hope that we're we're contributing to giving a little more voice to those people well, I love that you guys are doing that, and I love the point that you're making uh, about uh, the ability of plays to bring voices uh, uh, forward and introduce them to us that we might not otherwise hear from. And I shared with you before that uh, Lynn uh, Nodage's work, uh, in many ways, I discovered new voices through her and Denai and Heidi, uh, the same with both of your works. Heidi, I know you. one of your plays is about the Constitution, and uh and, and I think has a little bit of, of autobiographical resonance. Um, um, when you think about people who don't vote, what have you learned about maybe why they don't? Um, because, again, 100 million is a large number. And as you said, it's probably in some ways more heartbreaking when you hear that it's young people, because in many ways, we hope the young will chart the future for us and will be participatory in the creation of it. But what do you know or, or whether it's through family or others, about why people sometimes don't vote? I think there are two big reasons. Um, uh, and I, but I do think one of the, the saddest reasons to me is that people uh, don't necessarily have faith in the system. And uh, I understand that. <laughs> I mean, voter suppression is real and um, 
enduring and uh, the way corporate lobbyists uh, are involved in our government is, uh, you know, makes the government feel like it's not actually a government of the people. It's very easy, given the way the electoral college works and the way the primary system works, to feel like your vote doesn't matter. Um, so I think among the people I've talked to, there's just a sense of like, this is kind of rigged against us, so why should we participate? Um, and I, uh, I get that. I feel like there's a lot of things that need to be changed uh, to, to, make, to make it so the system is not rigged against many, many people in this country. But unfortunately, the only way we're going to make that happen is if we all participate. So you can say, yes, like voter suppression uh, is a huge problem. You can say the people are disenfranchised. The Electoral College maybe is not the best system. But when you look at the numbers and say, yes, and yet 100 million people didn't vote, and that could have made a difference, um, I feel like I just want to say to those people, I, if, if you want to change that, if you want to make it so the system is no longer rigged, then you have to vote, and you have to get your friends to vote, and you have to get your family to vote, and you have, we have to step up. Denai, what about you? Were you ever a hesitant voter or have you always been a, a proactive and, you know, you're there every two years, every four years kind of person? You know, I had to learn about voting down the ballot, you know, and, and um, you know, I always wanted to, to do the big one, you know, the presidential election, I'd be, I'd be there. But, you know, um, it really, the, the midterm elections was something I had to really understand that we have to participate there as well. And, and really encouraging folks, you know, we hope, you know, to like go right down the ballot. It, everything matters is exactly what Heidi was just saying. Like those those other um, offices that you're you're deciding on define your communities, define how things uh, go down when 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 bad stuff happens. Who's in charge? Who's going to take care of it? Is it who's what's the character of the person who who, who holds the the office of, of law and order. Um, so it really is um, right down the ballot, a very important thing. And I had to learn that over the years. Um, I, I think, you know, my, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say maybe when my first midterm election was, it wasn't that long ago. It was, you know, maybe a few cycles back when I was like this, you know, this, this moment really, really matters as well. And so it, it um, but definitely with the, with the presidential components, um, I was always there. <laughs> For as long as I can remember, I've been right there in line to to contribute my voice at those moments. I think you make such an important point, and it's one that I'm increasingly hearing from a variety of people on all sides of the aisle, is the importance not just in voting for the big name uh, uh, offices, but kind of thinking about the entire uh, opportunity there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Heidi, what would you say to people who say, love our playwrights, love our actors, love our filmmakers, but what do they know about politics? Why should I be listening to them? Why should I uh, care about what they think about whether I vote or not? And obviously, I'm playing devil's advocate here. But, but what would you say to people who who maybe have that hesitation or even have that kind of silent uh, critique in their mind? I have to answer this question a lot because I have a lot of people asking me why the hell they should listen to me. Uh, playwright actor when I get up and talk about the Constitution. Um, I I say to those people, I'm I'm an American citizen. I'm a member of this country. I'm a voter. I'm, you know, I matter just like all of you matter when it comes to uh, what we want our country to look like and what our values are. And so I think when you have people who... Uh, First of all, the way we see things should count as much as any American citizen. But beyond that, we're also people who've devoted our lives to telling stories and thinking about the human condition and looking at the, you know, looking at sociology of our country and looking at um, psychology. And, you know, we're, we're people who've spent our lives thinking about the human condition. So I think we actually have a lot to say about the, politi- the politics of our country. Denai, what do you say, because I'm sure you get hit by the very same question, what do you say to people who push back on the idea of playwrights, of actors, of filmmakers having a central role and encouraging people to vote or trying to play a major role in uh, in our politics? You know, I, I mean, I don't necessarily even see it as trying to play a major role. It's just really, it's about contribution. You know, it's like, you know, I, I, I kind of live by um, a scripture that says to whom much is given, much is expected. And so it's just about give, you know, what you have, what you can. And it's not about tell everybody what, like, this is what exactly how one should think. It really is about reflecting our job as playwrights, which, you know, honestly, playwriting, (laughs) 
Playwriting isn't the most glamorous of jobs. Like, you know, it really can be, a, you know, um, uh, we could we could share some stories of, of how you start off. You know, it's, it's not a glamorous role, but it, it's it's really from a love of your of your of your community, of your society, and of just trying to give voice to it um, in a way that you know um, creates a, a platform for voices you often don't hear. And so that's that's really the contribution that we are able to make at this time. I think anyone, you know, we, we, we are, you know, are in so much awe of, um, of the work that people have been doing during this year from, you know, the, the, our frontline heroes who are, who are, you know, taking, taking the bull by the horns and taking care of our, of our sick and, and taking care of the disadvantaged and, and those who are really getting hit hard by the economy. And, you know, there's, there's nothing we're trying to, um, we're doing nothing but trying to actually just amplify others. It's not really a goal to like say, look at me as much as it's about we'd like to amplify those you don't generally hear from um in with the platform we've been given um to contribute to the moment and that's really what it is and so voting for me yeah it's something i i've i when i spent time with folks and they tell me why they're voting or why they're not voting it's just something that um you know it's just about two human beings having a connection you know that's at the core of it that's all it's about like just trying to connect with my fellow my fellow citizens Talk to me a little bit, Heidi, about what you would love to see, not just maybe in this election, but as someone who thinks about possibility. I think of playwrights as people who think about not only what has happened, but what could happen. Paint a little bit of a picture of how you would love to see our democracy evolve, not just this year, but over the next decade, or if there's a longer horizon that you're thinking about. Give me a little, give me a little bit of your, your thinking on that score. First of all, I think what Denai said about um, learning to vote down the ballot is a really important thing if we want to shape the future of this country and to to, to be more humane, I think, than, than its past has been. So looking at, at your local elections, looking at who your local, your judges are, and your DAs and voting for those positions and realizing that a lot of laws get passed at the state level um, that can affect the entire future of, of the country. That, that it's not just the president that matters, right? Even if we look at voting, voter suppression, for example, like the horrible Shelby versus Holder that rolled back the Voting Rights Act, um, that that was a travesty but you can affect voting laws at the state level you can affect them in your city so uh concentrating on on remembering that all politics is local i think is going to take us far in the next you know several decades what i would like to see personally and this comes from spending the last decade studying our constitution and the constitution of uh, 200 other countries is i would like to see affirmative human rights uh, put into the Constitution. I would like to pass amendments that guarantee that people are treated humanely um, uh, and that you are a protected class based on, on race, sex, gender, ability. Um, I would love to see an amendment that protects our environment. I, I would love to see an amendment like many other countries have that guarantees that we have a right to healthcare and to education. And um, so, so for me, and I feel like when I look at the statistics, a lot of our population agrees with me. I would like to see laws passed and possibly amendments uh, added to the constitution that, um, that make the dream of equality <laughs> that this country was allegedly 
founded upon a, a reality. We know it's not a reality. And we know that in some ways there are forces trying to drag it backwards. And I would like to see explicit laws passed um, to more aggressively right the wrongs of our past. Guys, I hate to do this because I only have a couple minutes left, but I want to ask you each about something slightly different. Um, Denai, I want to ask you about the idea of dreaming fearlessly. That's a big topic that we talk about on this show. And frankly, it's tied to the whole idea of being in a participatory democracy, that you have dreams about both for yourself and for your community. And so what have you learned about how to dream fearlessly? You've had such an amazing career. You've managed to make so many interesting things happen. So you've not only dreamed, but you've actually brought them alive. What can you share with people who are going to be watching here about how you've learned to dream fearlessly? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I think really the, the, the key thing and the thing that really, you know, something I'd, I'd love to, you know, see more of, for us is, you know, the way we, we help youth development and contribute to the ability of young people to have a confidence in what they find their gifting in. The key aspect, I think, is really where your gifting is. Maybe your gifting is in writing plays, and that's great. That should be where you are supported and where you are able to, to find more and more of your gift and to express your passion. And that's really, I always think, where your 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 greatness will be and, and where your fearlessness will be is when you really feel like you're, you're right where you're supposed to be and you're doing exactly what you're meant to be doing. And I think that, you know, whatever it is, if, if you're, you know, you love whatever you love to do, if you're really good with an engineering component of things, or you're, you're great at painting, or you're, you're great at whatever you're good at, it should be, you know, encouraged to be developed. And when that development in that, the confidence that grows in that, I think really, really allows for um, a fearlessness, because then you're, you're able to, 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 I, I truly believe that every human being has, has a, has great ability and, and has a, has a passion inside of them that that can unlock that ability and but it has to be it has to be supported i i know i come from a family and from from a community that i i was supported in in what i was good at and that doesn't happen for everybody so it's it's really about to me i i the idea of youth development and really contributing to helping young people develop their gifts i think that's where fearlessness is actually nurtured it's in it's in that realm. Um, I love watching um, Heidi's pl uh, play on, on Amazon. I was watching it last night because I think that understanding, and sometimes you don't like understanding what is your relationship to the constitution as, as a citizen, as anybody, you know? And, and there's something about that, that to me, understanding my rights and, and how it's all set up and, and, and looking at it critically and fully and embracing it and owning it, there was something in that that made me feel some kind of confident watching uh, Heidi's uh, play last night because I was like, you know, it really is um, the right, the point of, of of a constitution, as as Heidi was saying. There's so much about the ownership of what what rights you have walking on this soil, and there, that in, in, therein lies a confidence that can be grown if you know. Sometimes you, we don't know all that we are in ownership of. And so I think it's very important um, to know once young people know what they're in ownership of, and then they start to take ownership of their own individuality, then they're able to step into a place of fearlessness and confidence. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. 
Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And Heidi, I'll finish with you. Um, uh, uh, we've been thinking at Aussie about uh, trying to call for a new constitutional convention. Um, because like you, we think that we are at a tipping point in our society and that maybe what has worked with a series of amendments over the last 250 years, we should take a whole fresh wholesale look at um, with a sense of ownership deny, as you were saying, with a sense of confidence, with the sense of this is ours, it's not something someone else's. Um, have you thought about that, um, Heidi? And, and how would you think about the possibility of a, of a new constitutional convention, whether it's in Philadelphia or somewhere else? Well, at the end of the play, we do debate. I debate a young high school girl about whether we should abolish the Constitution and start over. That's how the play ends. I find it an incredibly hopeful ending when the audience chooses to abolish. The audience judges at the end. And um, people have asked me, like, don't you find that scary or pessimistic? And I said, no, I find it incredibly hopeful. The, the idea that we would take this country into our own hands and say, okay, what if we're the ones who get to imagine the future? Like, what do we want the country to look like? What we've inherited a lot good and a lot of bad. And so if we were to be the ones in charge, what would we do? And I feel like that's 
whether or not we abolish the Constitution and start over, um, which, you know, uh, many days I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll be at that convention. I have a lot of ideas. Uh, <laughs> uh, whether or not we do that, I feel like deciding that that we are the new framers of this country, that we are the ones that can then sh that shape our own futures is really important. Um, so whether you're talking about making a new constitution literally or symbolically, I do agree that it's time. Denai, tell me a little bit about your partnership uh, that I believe you guys have with uh, another organization as well. Tell me a little bit about any additional partners you guys have, have brought to this Vote 2020 effort. Yes, um, uh, When We All Vote, uh, which was founded by uh, Michelle Obama and uh, a number of other wonderful luminaries, uh, which is very much a uh, nonpartisan effort to encourage voter registration, encourage uh, people to vote and to open up more of a voting um, of, of, of a voting, you know, a, a voting group of citizens, like more and more people, the more and more people vote, the more, you know, we are really participating in, in a great in a democracy. And so um, we really wanted to connect with them. And we, they've been very helpful. We we will be connecting the, whatever when we, when we put out everything, they will help with people actually learning if they need any more education on voting and where to go in their area any sort of information on, along those lines, whether or not they're even registered, they can learn all of that through uh, when we all vote and how you know they will be directed accordingly. And so there's a lot of great information um, that when we all vote has constantly given to help encourage people to vote. And um, in, a, in a nonpartisan way, just like everybody, let's let's all make sure our voices are heard, make sure you've participated. And we're so we're so happy to be a part of, to have them partner with us on this, on, on ACT OUT 2020 and, um, and hopefully uh, help people who might need it uh, get to the polls. And did I, what if people push back on you and they say, I'm glad you're doing this, but the fact that uh, Michelle Obama's involved and the fact that playwright, uh, play, uh, play uh, writers are involved uh, uh, will make some people feel like this is unequivocally a largely democratic or a largely left of center project. What do you say to people who would look at that and would say, I admire that you're doing it, but dot, dot, dot. Well, listen, all we're trying to say is let's vote, guys. That's all we're trying to say. There's no, you know, and there are various pieces that will be seen when we, um, when the evening occurs and when people get to watch it that, you know, are coming from a plethora of, of mindsets, you know, and so all we're saying is get out there and vote. You know, um, and that's all When We All Vote does as well in a very comprehensive way. It really connects people with their ability to get to the polls and to get registered. There are so many people uh, who have not, who were not registered in 2016, who are eligible to be registered. And that's just not good. And no one's saying, you know, people, there's a fluidity to some people were Democrat, now they're Republican. Some people are Republican, now they're Democrat. We know this to be a fact in, in terms of how people have voted just in the last couple of elections. So we're not focusing on that as much as we're focusing on let's make sure we we all get out there as a um, as a collective, as as citizens of this great nation. That's at the core of what we're saying. Well, I love it. I love that you guys are doing it. And I know that's all the minds of folks. So I have, have to ask you that. Um, Heidi, I realize as we close that I didn't ask you about dreaming fearlessly, which again is always important to us. What, if anything, have you learned and do you share with other people? Because I'm sure you get, like Deny, I'm sure lots of people come to you for advice and they ask you about how to dream fearlessly and bring dreams alive. What's one or two things that you sometimes share with people when you're asked? I sometimes share uh, 
I, I, there are two things, I guess I say. I, I have a lot of young women who come to me and I, I say, first of all, that you are, you are worthy of dreaming fearlessly. I think sometimes as, you know, I'm not to be essentialist, but sometimes as young women in particular, it's, we struggle with um, issues of self-worth on many different fronts and uh, letting young women know to take up space and that their voices are important and matter and, and to speak, you know, from the gut whenever they can, that, that they, their, their opinions and voices really do matter. Um, and then secondly, I think, and this goes to your idea of having a constitutional convention, I think part of dreaming fearlessly is to say, you know, what are all the things that I've learned that might not be serving me anymore? Like to really look at things and say, maybe this thing I thought was sacred, like the constitution, what if, what if I imagined throwing it out and dreamed up something new that, that it's okay to, especially in your imagination, say like, I'm going to question that thing I was taught. I'm not going to consider anything sacred. I'm going to try to think outside the box in every possible way. I feel like that in terms of where we are as a country is a really important thing to start doing. Like I look at the prison abolition movement and think like, that's a really scary thing to imagine. But like, what what is on the other side if we completely changed policing? Like what is on the other side if we if we said this this way we've done it all these years, maybe we don't need to do it that way anymore. I, I really love that visual, Heidi, what is on the other side. Uh, that, um, uh, Denai, do you remember uh, as a kid where the wild things are? Uh, do you remember that, uh, uh, that, that book as a kid? And, you know, that idea of what lies beyond, right? And, and, and maybe instead of it being worse, it could be better. Uh, who knows? But 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 that's that's quite interesting. That willingness to take a journey. Um, Denai, I love this project. For people who want to enjoy it, how can they enjoy it? Yes, uh, please do come and enjoy it. We will be on YouTube on October 29th, www.actoutvote2020.com. Actoutvote2020.com. Please do join us and um, please do vote. Tell me about some of the people who are participating in this special project. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've had an astounding list of folks. Um, you know, of course, uh, Lynn Nottage, who uh, was also a spearheader of this entirely. Um, and uh, of course, Sandra O oh will be performing her piece. We have uh, Terrell Alvin McCraney with uh, Brian Tyree Henry uh, performing his piece. We have Jocelyn Bio and uh, Yvette Nicole Brown will be performing her piece. Um, we have a wonderful piece from The Secret Life of Bees, which uh, where, where Lynn Nottage wrote the book for. Um, and so we, we have some music as well. Um, we have This Is Your Father by Ngozi Anyanwu, uh, starring Sara Ngajwa, um, and that'll be directed by Stephen Daldry. Stephen Daldry is going to be um, overseeing a lot of how we put this all together as this was also something he spearheaded. We have uh, What the Constitution Means to Me um, uh, that Catherine Hahn will be doing um, for us. And uh, we have a Democracy, a song from Soft Power, which is by David Henry Wang. And um, we have a Ryan J. Haddad, who is a performer and a playwright, and he will be performing his own piece of work. Um, we have a piece by Lisa Krohn, um, a parody to, uh, to everybody 
to Everybody's Step, which is which uh, Lisa Crone wrote, and uh, Rihanna Yazi will be uh, contributing a piece. I mean, just an amazing group of people. Uh, Martha Redbone is contributing a song. Uh, will Arbery, um, myself, and uh, Lady Dane Figueroa at DD. And so we just have such an amazing group of writers who are really trying to give voice to as many um, folks around the country as we can at this time where, you know, we don't hear from everybody. We hear from certain folks over and over again. We don't hear from everybody. So we're just trying to amplify some other folks. I'm Denai and Heidi from Sea to Shining Sea, from L.A. to Brooklyn and back. Uh, I thank you both uh, for joining us today and for shedding light. And you guys both made me think about such a fresh new set of things. I really am very, even as someone who thinks of himself as a political junkie, I'm very grateful to both of you for kind of freshening uh, uh, my thinking on this. So thank you for what you're doing and thank you for taking the time today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Carlos. We really, really, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Carlos Watson Show podcast. Please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.